1: good idea
0: all right we are live <laughs> hello I am Melinda and this is Shayla I am Melinda I'm the hostess of hope when there was none and we are coming to you today to discuss shelters okay in particular crisis centers for those that need them abuse victims and uh, what goes with that there's a little bit of a stigmatism with that I, I know you and I discuss that personally about that there being um, just a little darkness with that with what's involved with going into a shelter. So I want to share information from various shelters around the US and across, uh, maybe even abroad too. So this is something new and I'm happy that you're my guest today because I just love (laughs) you to bitch. You are an amazing, inspiring person and advocate there at the shelter. So uh, why don't we start with, okay, let's start out with um, first things first. I know many women are definitely, uh, of course, afraid when they call and they might ask, well, what does a hap- What happens when I call? And uh, what, well, first of all, what do I expect when I'm phone in? And then second of all, if I have children and I'm worried about my abuser taking those children away, what steps or, or how has that worked?
1: Okay. Um, so I think a lot of people get really nervous about um, just the idea of what a shelter actually is and that it's like, Oh my gosh it's like this dooming thing you know and it's brick walls and we're just gonna sit around and make you do a bunch of stuff um, but it's not like that at all it's very comfortable we have a very small office and we're in a house so we're not in this big gigantic building we're just in a in a house where it feels homey um the kids can run around and play like um, we just kind of hang out there and we try to make it as comfortable as possible So when somebody calls in, um, it's very relaxed. We're all just kind of sitting in the office together. There's only a few people on staff during the day and usually only one person at night. Um, And so we just, you know, we usually say crisis center, how can I help you? And we'll try to like help people talk through what it is that they're needing, explaining the shelter services, um, letting them know that it's okay to not really know what to say. It's okay to you know, not really understand what's going on or not know which direction you want to go. Because some people aren't always ready to leave. Some people aren't always looking for shelter. And a lot of people think that just by calling the shelter, that means you have to come there and stay. And that's not the case at all. Like we can offer the same services to people outside of the shelter as we can inside of the shelter. So it's very comfortable. Um, Kids usually have not a hard time adjusting mm-hmm. other than just the normal, like, you know, why aren't we at home type of thing? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like we have tons of toys, we have, you know, a TV for them to watch and we just, we do things with them to help them feel more relaxed and comfortable and make it more like their home. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people, when they call women in particular, cause, um, we do service men, but most of the time when we get calls from women who have children, they will say things like, um, you know, my abuser, my husband, will tell me, "If you leave, you know, I'll keep the kids because DCS will take the kids away. You know, you're taking them out of their out of their home, so that means they're going to take them away. You can't take our kids to a shelter." And so, a lot of women are fearful that I'm going to lose my kids. You know, if I if I leave this environment, they're going to take them away from me, and that is not the case at all. Um, We work very, very closely with our local DCS office and they're wonderful. They encourage people to come to our shelter. We have a referral program with them because they know that even if you're not staying in the shelter, even if you just need outreach services, they want people to just be able to heal and to feel safe and to feel supported. And so that's what all of us are about is just making sure that they feel safe and that they're not living in a toxic environment. So it's just, um, most of the times, the kids usually don't have a hard time adjusting. Um, Sometimes moms are like, wow, (laughs) they went from being so good and calm the first day and now they're back to their wild and crazy self. (laughs) And I tell them that's good because that means that they're comfortable and that's how we want them to feel, so.
0: Oh, that's awesome and you bring up two things that uh, just came to mind uh first off programs what programs do you offer to your guests and those that are mm-hmm. out outreach outreach or uh, what do you call those that that don't stay <laughs> they're, they're not still
1: guests they're i don't know what the term is for the, uh, i mean we call everyone client a client okay right uh, yeah, then yeah. just like the um, doctor patient you know okay and then so,
0: the next oh, part is, is safety after after that okay. what do you do for safety
1: okay um so as far as, like, becoming a client, um, just calling in and saying, you know, I'm not ready to leave, but I do know that I need to talk with an advocate. Um, we have a client advocate, which um, she focuses more on the women who are inside the shelter. She will help them um, with the like, application process for finding um, employment for finding housing, um, applying for Medicaid, if that's what they need, or other insurance. If they need help applying for food stamps, she can help them with that. Um, she helps with you know the emotional part as well, but she tries to focus on the success while you're in the shelter to getting you to move forward once you're out. Um, and so she is our client advocate and she does a lot of that. Um, she also will do outreach and so she can meet a client outside of the shelter. Um, you know, We always try to meet at a public place and you know, that way we're safe. That way, the client doesn't feel like, well, now I have to go to this weird place, and you know, I don't want anyone knowing. And so, right. we meet somewhere public and, um, you know, try to help with those things, even if that person's not ready to actually leave their home. Um, so, that's the client advocate for mostly domestic violence. Um, then we have the child advocate, which she does like programs in the schools where she talks about, um, you know, healthy relationships and she'll talk about um, she does a lot of like suicide talking and prevention and type of thing um, and just like you know healthy living type of topics and so she will also do in-house work with the children and then she will also do outreach work with the children as well so awesome. meeting them public doing activities with them kind of just helping them get out of their shell and talk about what it is that they've gone through um, and then my position is the sexual assault advocate. And so I do the same thing. I meet with the women in the shelter who, it's usually um, the typical clients that we get are clients who are staying because they've been abused in some way, normally around the domestic violence, you know, um, part of things. But with my position is I'm allowed to work with clients who have that sexual abuse history. And I think one of the biggest parts of this job, because this is a new position that I've seen, is so many of our clients have that history that they don't realize how much that history still plays a part in their life today. And so we kind of go through that. Um, I don't make anyone talk about anything. It's just, if we feel like that's something that they need to address, we have an advocate for it. Um, I do outreach as far as like for sexual abuse victims, we do support groups, um, and we also have like groups in house in the evenings for clients to attend that are domestic violence related, um, sexual abuse related. They'll even do budgeting. They'll do any type of group that if a client says, awesome. "I really want to learn more about this," they'll do a group like that. So oh, that's so cool. It's very open, very broad. <laughs> so
0: that's interesting that, as in your position. So if somebody like let's say because abuse it's everywhere i mean every age bracket every race and so on and so on yeah. so if someone calls up and they are let's say in their 70s and it man or woman and they say look i remember this as a child i was mm-hmm. molested now that's still okay for them to
1: call yes absolutely and, and that's okay. one of um I, I mean i have a client that's done that and um most of the women that i work with are between their late 40s and up to their late 60s and that's like my biggest age group of women is that age and a lot of it is wow i didn't know that i wasn't the only one who went through this wow. but i've never told anyone and so now this opportunity for me to talk to somebody i i need that you know and it's wow. freeing for them you know to carry around that with them their entire life they need to discuss it they need to talk about it and even if i'm not the person for them i will find somebody for them to talk to Um, I just went and did a, just like a small, like educational type thing with the Fozzie Center in DeMont and I talked to the elderly people there and I just said, you know, you never know what somebody has experienced and you never know, um, who you're going to come across. who may need to talk about something like that. So abuse does not discriminate. (laughs) No, it does not. So no it does not definitely and that's that's
0: a sad thing and i think i had mentioned it before that it's almost like an epidemic in our in our world and it's so quiet and, and silent and uh just across the board mm-hmm. it really is now let me ask then so let's talk about how long can the clients stay once they
1: call and they decide to come do they get to stay in like 30 days a couple weeks With 30 days um they're not required to stay 30 days but they can stay up to 30 days. Um, so when a client comes in, they can stay for two days and say, you know what, um, I found somewhere to stay. You know, I, I'm going to stay with my family, or they may find an apartment in the first week that they're there. You know, it, they're not required to stay, but they are allowed to stay up to 30 days. Um, but the outreach will begin after that. So just because they're moving out and moving forward does not mean that our services have to end. Um, I still have clients that I work with or we help out with food sometimes or just different types of referrals mm-hmm. um, that I've just finished my fifth year at the Crisis Center and I still have a client and her family that I work with from year one. So wow. you just, you never know when somebody's gonna need something and we want the Crisis Center to be a resource for people and we want them to use us. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is amazing because the healing from this, it could take years, decades to do. So that is amazing and awesome. Wow. That is so cool. Yay. (laughs) And speaking of yourself there, so how did you get involved with the Crisis Center?
1: Um, I just, my friend at the time worked there and she was like, oh, we have a job opening and I had no idea what she did. I had not, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to work with like children or families um, who were hurting in some way, but I never, this part of my life wasn't something that I ever thought was going to happen. Um, I was in a very dark place in my own life and I was like, I can't help somebody else if i can't help myself so she was like no 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 like you should just apply like i think you'd be fine my mom was like just do it like you'll, you you know you won't be sorry blah 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 um so i was like fine you know whatever Apply, no <laughs> and i knew once i started i was like okay this is for me and there's been a lot of ups and downs but for the most part, um, it has just really made me grow as a person. It's very humbling to hear the stories that I've heard. It makes me very grateful for the life that I've lived. Um, and it really opens your eyes to just people in general, because everyone hurts in some way. And it, it really makes you change the way that you look at the world. Um, in good ways and in bad, <laughs> but for the most part, it, it really helps you just see that everyone has a story. Um, you yeah. never know where someone has come from and the things that they've experienced. And you have to be sensitive to that and you have to be kind. And it's just, it's a great, great place. I love working there. Um, I love my clients. I learn from them probably more than they learn from me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place.
0: That's awesome. Now, do you ever need? Do you ladies there ever need to just like sit back and take a breather?
1: Because I'm sure it could be very intense. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. Um, and our boss is so great about that. Um, She she is one to say, you if you need time, you take time. Um, She's very much. um, self-care centered when it comes to this like she knows you know from her own experiences that you have to take care of yourself in order to be able to help others and so she's always been an advocate for that Um, she's always been very sensitive to how we feel and how we're handling things because same with our clients we all have our own stories and we all have our own triggers and so we're not in this work because Of money, or because of you know anything fancy, like we're we're doing this job, and all of us are because we truly love helping people and just like being there for one another as peers, as just another person. And so, yeah, that's always been something that she's been great about doing. And my coworkers always like, do you need a day? (laughs) Do you need some time? (laughs) Because it was a crazy day, so we take it day by day.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, so let's let's get back to our clients here. So, if our client is a little concerned, again, you you've addressed the children mm-hmm. aspect, but what if they're just scared? So, what uh, security measures do you have in force to help protect
1: the the clients? Um, the biggest thing that we we always advocate for too is we have an amazing amazing police department, and you know our city police is amazing, and our county police is amazing, and they are. You know, very much advocates for our clients as much as we've seen. Anyway, um, they will—they always call for them if they need them right there on the spot. We've had officers call from the scene to place them, um, and so they've always been really great and non-judgmental, and they just been super great about okay. bringing them to us. Um, but with that, when a client does enter, like when they're approved to enter, getting them to the shelter can be sometimes very scary for a person. Um, And so the police department agreed years ago, um, like years ago, (laughs) like a long time ago um, that if we can get a person approved that they will escort them to the shelter to make sure that they're not followed to make sure that, um, you know, they get there safely and that they don't get lost or, you know, give up coming because of the fear and so we have all of our clients go to the police department as long as they're comfortable with that and then the police will either bring them in their squad car or they will escort them you know they'll go in and out wherever they need to go and they'll lead them to the crisis center eventually just to make sure that they're safe mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of people like that because they're like okay i i'm i'm the officer knows i'm here um, our officers patrol the shelter all the time Um, If a client has a concern about their abuser, I will say, well, I will call and I'll tell them and they'll do an extra patrol for a couple of weeks. And they'll let us know. Um, There's been times I've gone outside and um, I've seen a creepy car, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but they've been hanging out here. They're like, "Okay, we'll be there. They're there right away. Um, They'll see something and they'll call us. Hey, we saw this. Do you guys know who this is? um and we're like oh yeah it's no big deal blah 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 whatever um and we have cameras at the shelter we have a security system um, and we have somebody at the shelter 24 7. so um even though the the location is confidential but we are in rensselaer so we are very close you know for the police to respond if we would need them and everyone's pretty good about you know reporting or making sure that everything's taken care of and safe so
0: awesome awesome and do you guys have the ability to help like let's say I don't have an attorney or I need a protective order would you guys be able to walk mm-hmm. us through that or refer an attorney
1: mm-hmm. and our advocates can help do a protective order as well okay. Like, um, sometimes it's just talking you through it it's it's a lot simpler um, the paperwork is than we think um, it's just the emotional part of getting through it but even if us advocates aren't comfortable helping with something like that our director is an attorney and she will help as much as she can for victims to even if it's filing for a divorce um, if they have some sort of legal thing going on that's related to their abuse she can give legal advice and just kind of help you through whatever it is that is you know that you're struggling with um that she will kind of do an assessment with you and see what it is that she can help with and so she's very good about doing that
0: And also safety planning there, do you have somebody that would be able to walk through a safety
1: plan if they're not ready to leave yet, but they want to know what steps they should take? Yep. They can do that over the phone before they even enter. Um, They can do it once they get there. We actually have in our files, it says safety plan, we have like a list, like a little checklist, and it says safety plan given to client in the first 72 hours of their stay. So we make it part of their entry is in that first 72 hours that they're there. We want a safety plan done for when they leave, even if they're just going to Walmart. What are you going to do if you see them? All um, right. We'll do if you decide to go back because a lot of people go back. We don't judge that. We don't keep them from going back. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> <laughs> So we tell them, you know, you, you are your own person, you never know what kind of situation you may be in. So let's plan for everything. And if they ever want to change their plan, they can change it. That's one of the things that our client advocate does with them. And then we do that again, when they exit. And that's for any person who stays there. Even if you're a homeless woman staying there, they'll do a safety plan too
0: okay okay and is there maybe uh, because I know as myself when I went to a shelter I had no job I was worried about money you mentioned financial too yeah. Um so is there like a job search or something that you can help out if someone needs that, even housing is there mm-hmm. some sort of service for that to help somebody along the way
1: it's so what we kind of do is it's more of a referral we can help with applications um, we can help them find employment. We're constantly, we have our eyes peeled all the time and um, we text each other all the time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just saw that this place was hiring. And then we have like a big um, like, Board thing that somebody created. And so, anytime that our advocate has a job posting somewhere, she sees something available, she puts it there. And then, but it's up to the client, they have to be the one to to apply. Like, we can't physically make them do that. And we tell them a lot you know, the crisis center, what you do here is up to you. We have everything available to you and we can help you, but you also have to put forth the work. Um, and you have to apply and you have to get up and get get going and try to find what it is that you're looking for so that way you can move forward. Because 30 days, it goes by very quickly. So we try our best to really, you know, at least, you know, do three job apps a day. Um, if you can do more, do more. If you need help, if you can't do that much, like let's just talk about it, let's figure out a good way to help you get where you want to get. Okay.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. And you need that because I remember being there and just feeling like I was in a fog. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't I couldn't plan anything. I was lucky enough to get myself dressed or feel like getting myself dressed because I didn't feel like doing crap. Mm -hmm. And the worry, the constant worry was there. And and now is there like a curfew for you folks? I know when I was a a guest at another shelter, I did, we were allowed to go out. I think it was like from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. You had to be back. Is there
1: something similar? Um, We used to, but anymore it's kind of like, a respect thing that we try to have the clients back by by at least midnight mm-hmm. um, and especially depending on the staff working it and depending on the client that's staying there because um, not every client that comes in has an abuser who is physically threatening to them mm-hmm. um, there's so many different types of abuse and just yeah. because you're not physically hurt does not mean that you're not being abused right. but if there is somebody in there who is um more like high risk and they do have an abuser who is very physically threatening we want to make sure that by a certain time the doors are locked the alarm is set and we're prepared if something would happen Um, but that being said like it's not firm Um, and so if a client would leave and be late just let us know you're going to be late Um, just let us know if you're you know if it's you and you know so just to kind of be respectful and try to stay on that. And for the most part, clients are very respectful about coming back or um, you know, even just calling and saying, hey, by the way, I'm gonna be out past midnight, so I just don't want you to be fearful or something. Right. So.
0: Right, well, that's awesome, okay. Well, that's good, okay. So um, also, um, you mentioned something too about men. So besides yeah. women, abused women, uh, mm-hmm. what other types of folks come to the shelter?
1: Um, we have had abused men come in. Um, we don't have that a lot. And I think that that goes just with the whole stereotypical thing, men, you know, can be abused and that's a lie. (laughs) They can. And we've had men in the shelter before. It's not often, but it's not unheard of either. Um, and we also service homeless women and their children. So, um, and typically what we see anyway, when somebody comes in and they are homeless, um, they have some sort of, you know, abuse history that needs addressed anyway, which could lead to why they're in the situation that they're in. So but we do, we try to stay as focused as we can on servicing um, victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, but we do, you know, service others. So.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Now, if um, let's see, you've answered a great deal of my question. So if somebody is interested out there, interested and they say, well, I want to help you guys. I want to help out. How can I do that? Is it monetary? Mm-hmm. Do you take donations of items or can I volunteer time? What mm-hmm. do you folks have for that?
1: All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> we always, you know, obviously monetary donations are always great because we are. Um, We're only funded on grants and so unless people donate and if we do fundraisers, that's our only source of of Income Um, and the shelter does have a lot of bills, you know, you don't have to pay to stay there So everything's funded by the work that we do with our clients. That's how we're funded and um, We have a lot of really great people who donate all the time Um, and who give, you know, from their businesses and who give just because they feel led to do that. Um, But, you know, there's always room for growth. (laughs) Um, We are a nonprofit, so that is always appreciated. Um, But anyone who is wanting to donate items, we are always, we go through that typical household item, so toilet paper, paper towels, dish soap, laundry soap, um, shampoo, conditioner things like that we go through that like crazy every woman or every entry that comes in they get shampoo conditioner body wash um, razors if they need feminine products we give it to them um, if they need cotton swabs you know like anything that they need we have it usually to give them Hairbrushes, te- hair ties um, pillows sheets blankets they get it all. So somebody could come in with the clothes on their back and have everything that they need at the shelter. Oh. And if we don't have it, um, Jasper Junction will help us. They donate to us almost every month and they will help us figure out what we need to get for Hi, them. So it's really yes. good.
0: And I remember being uh, myself personally having uh, the, the first time I left just the clothes on my back and <laughs> I was... I was just so blown away and emotional when the gal came with me, it was just an armful of toiletries and underwear. I cried over underwear and socks. Right? It's like, oh my gosh. See what I mean, ugly crying just, I mean, as right. it is, I was emotional, but that was just amazing that people actually did that and it just really filled my heart so yeah. much with love because I needed that at that time because I wasn't feeling so very good about myself. So right. I'm no, glad right. that people do that. That is amazing and awesome. That really is. That's wonderful. So if anybody wanted to do you take volunteers that want to maybe come and help or read mm-hmm. or, or something,
1: Yep. As well? um, we just have to make sure that volunteers, if they're gonna spend any time like directly with clients or be around children, they just have to pass a background check. Okay. But other than that, um we've had people come I mean, this community, and this is one of the things like when I started, it just has blown me away. It's like, we'll be talking in the office and we'll say, man, we're getting low on toilet paper. And all of a sudden, one of the churches is coming. They're like, you know, it's weird. We just, we, we got all the toilet paper in. And we're like, okay. <laughs> but um, but churches that their groups will come and we had somebody fix, you know, some stuff outside. And we've had people just come and, um, you know, do yard work just because they, wanted to help and so things like that it's just usually pretty easy in and out but as long if someone's doing actual work with a client like if they want to teach them how to cook a meal if they want to do an activity with the kids they just would have to pass a background check but yeah we're always open to that we don't have any volunteers right now who are in there all the time and that's something that we would like to see grow because you know we want people involved we need it.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody that's struggling maybe with making that call to you,
1: mm-hmm. you know, to the shelter there? Um it's normal to be scared and it's okay to feel scared. Um but once you're able to just make that call, you'll be surprised at how um how good it feels to to understand like I'm not alone. This is possible because I think when you're in your own head and you're living it every day, you have this one track mind because that's what you've been made to feel. And so once you make that call and you're able to talk to somebody who's like, you know what, everything you're feeling is okay. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay, you know, to not want to leave for all of these reasons. And it's just, to feel supported is what's the biggest part, you know, just call <laughs> yes it's, it'll be it'll be so good, just call. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you, so hold on, I'll
0: throw that on, so Ms Lillian, do you help them get employed?
1: yeah yeah if we can if we can help them um find a job, we will, and a lot of sometimes with housing and and it all just depends you know this isn't a permanent thing, but sometimes depending on where the person applies, they will, they'll push them up a little bit on the list, okay. um, but we can't guarantee that. It's just sometimes people will say, you know what, I understand your situation, let me see what I can work out, but we, we, can't, we can't make anyone do anything that they don't wanna do, but we'll help them as much as we can.
0: Right awesome i I really love this i really do because you know it's near and dear to my heart especially since i was a guest at a shelter so and i again i wanted to kind of shed light on this and you and i talked about that because there's such a again a stigma with that and i think it's important that people know that you're available in our area so I, i and again, hitting other ones throughout the, the country mm-hmm. here and maybe abroad. And uh, I know we're going to wrap up. Uh, if anybody has any more questions for you, then I'll leave them there. But uh, I just want to note too, I'm going to start collecting sheets, bed sheets for the crisis center. And mm-hmm. at this, I know you're probably scratching your head. Okay, bed sheets, mm-hmm. what's the big deal? For uh, rape victims, mm-hmm. uh, seeing that bed. Seeing those sheets on that bed after you've been assaulted can be very traumatic. And the last thing you might want to do is even see those sheets. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd like to go ahead and just put that out there. I'll be collecting sheets any size. That you would like to uh, to give to me send me a message privately i can go ahead and send that to the shelter or you can also send them to the shelter just give them a call the 800 numbers there right there on the screen so um that i'm just putting out there what is the next event that you have coming up i know it's april sexual awareness a uh, uh, sexual assault awareness
1: yes april is sexual assault awareness month and then my coworker actually told me today she was like oh and it's child abuse awareness yeah. Month too so she's going to do a little bit. I'm going to be doing some stuff. Um, we're going to, I know specifically, I'm going to work with our local SART team, um, which is sexual assault response team. So it's like other members of the community who work in a professional field, like our, our new prosecutor, um, people from the hospital. We have our sheriff and our and our new chief. And um, so everyone's on that team to make sure that we can do whatever we can to help victims when they've been hurt. And so Um, The thing with the sheet thing is a lot of those people are assaulted by somebody that they know and it's not usually in some strange place, it's not by some crazy person that happens, but a lot of times it's by somebody that they know or someone that they're in a relationship with. And so Mm -hmm. that whole part of it, it's something so small to someone who hasn't experienced that but to a person who has, that's a huge thing. And so I think that they'll really appreciate that. And um, even just women at the shelter, I'm sure could use them as well. So. Exactly. The last
0: thing I wanted to see was my bed. I had someone ask me, why did you just take the furniture? Why did not you take the bed? It's like, no, too many, too many memories. I I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. So we're going to wrap it up on. Did you have anything else you wanted to add?
1: Um. No, I mean, I'm always open for questions. Like, we're just people working there. Like, it's not it's not as scary as it seems, um, which, I mean, everyone has every right to feel scared. I can't imagine what that feels like. But we're always just a phone call away. We can meet you. There's no pressure. Um, everything is confidential, so nothing gets shared past the shelter. Um, all of our staff signs a confidentiality form. Um, we don't share anything with anyone, even okay even law enforcement and no one it goes to no one other than just our staff so excellent
0: all right well thank you shayla for your time i really appreciate that we're going to go ahead and sign off right now and i I just thank you for those that have watched this and please share because it's a very important message to get Mm -hmm. on out there not only for our community but just for the entire nation and going out even abroad so Mm -hmm. please share 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 i'd appreciate that and again the rural crisis center number for the central North Central Indiana area is right there on the screen, but there are other shelters. DomesticShelter.org, I believe is one where you could find it throughout the U.S. Um, so please use that website as well. If you have any other questions or concerns, message me privately, or I can give you the information for Shayla if you need that to talk to her, to reach out. She'd be happy to. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Bye-bye and have a great day and be safe. <laughs> Thanks.